taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Good morning and welcome to the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm talking to Peter Bukowski about his new book, Our Ways on Earth. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Di. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to see you again. I think it's been three years since our last conversation. Yes, it's usually three years between a book, so... uh You'll see me again in three more years. <laughs> yes, or sooner maybe. Um, so tell me, how did you go through COVID? Well, um, my partner and I have always got projects on, so I'm always uh, facing the blank page and my partner uh, is a clothes maker. So we found there was not too much adjustment but sometimes when the anxiety of the situation came to us and we were able to go more than five kilometres we went out to East Gippsland to stay at the uh, Seba Buddhist retreat where you don't have to be a Buddhist to stay there and um, the environment there the peaceful natural environment inspired numerous poems in Our Ways on Earth and I also read some uh, memoirs to do with the Himalayas and also Tibet while I was there and it certainly entered um, Our Ways on Earth. Wonderful. And did you feel that um, getting away from the city and lockdown and the whole anxiety of COVID was healing or beneficial very much where where we went there was no traffic only sort of bird sounds when you look out the kitchen window of one of the cottages there you see 20 kangaroos grazing on the grass and you experience beautiful clear skies at night and uh it's very very you know, it's very harmonious to be in the presence of nature rather than look out your window and see a skyscraper with a brand logo at the top of the skyscraper uh, advertising something. Yeah, and there's the value of the clean air, I yes. think, as well. You know, the oxygen from all the plants and mm. the excitement of seeing different kinds of birds that you only normally read about or see in photos. Yeah, we, you know, we regularly see um, kookaburras and beautifully multicoloured parrots, and that's a that's a tonic. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Now, you've got um, a poem about... Uh, COVID in Melbourne, diary entries in the year 2020. Would you like to read that? Here I go. Diary entries in the year 2020. Here in Melbourne, 
All the playgrounds are closed. Council workers aren't painting the town red. The sound of one hand clapping has been replaced by the sounds of two hands being washed. This long April, I opened the world atlas. My index finger follows a shipping lane across the Pacific to San Francisco and back. I don't get seasick, forget to buy postcards, but I spy some flying fish. There they are, caught in the dusty curtains. Where you aren't may be more alluring than where you are, but that could change tomorrow. I think of those who used to mingle, knock over glasses of wine at smoke-thick parties, now attempting to read Proust, pausing to consider where in their backyard they'll grow tomatoes next spring, prepared to dirty their knees, stab at the earth with a spade, vigilant for the first glimmer of green, for the vulnerable to become sturdy. I listen to Radio National, disparate voices and viewpoints, science and speculation, the latest statistics, the different scenarios, what's possible, what's probable, facts and fallacies, hygiene and hysteria, the economy that poor performer may be dragged from centre stage. Worry, that horse with three legs. I try to practice gratitude here under this cat-traipsed roof, far from New York City, former stomping ground of Lou Reed, Ted Berrigan, William Burroughs, phrased detectives in search of the killer line. Cautious morning walks in Barclay Gardens, passing others at the recommended distance, the occasional ripple of a smile. Optimism, pessimism. I'm not immune to either in this day-by-day world. The sky is itself again, bird one. Planes grounded hem the perimeter of Tullamarine Airport. Adjust your appetites to what's unread on the bookshelf. Perhaps a country in the moon, a travel book about Poland. History remains big-themed. Exploration and genocide, plague and science, trauma and art. Our existence, threatened, questioned, perhaps undeserved, is discussed again in essays and debate. No conclusions are drawn, only further caricatures of our leaders. These weeks, adjusting, adapting to containment, monitoring my body, each impulse. I'm alive, a privilege, a gift, but I haven't shouted my thanks up and down the street.
I look out the window. I can't see the future. I see the trees stripped of their brittle armour. Wonderful. Yes, I think um, many of us were stripped of our brittle armour when we were uh, confronted by containment and, uh, you know, our lives were regulated and controlled in a way that was a new thing. Yeah, the idea of a curfew, I mean, one tends to equate that with um, wartime. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, it, it's. I think it's important not to forget uh, uh, the COVID time of of ninety of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, um, because I think we will forget it. You know, because it's an unpleasant memory. So yeah. we'll put it behind us. Yeah, that's what. That's why I've called the poem diary entries because I did want to sort of chronicle it in a sort of reportage way and then it can be looked back on and, oh, yes, that's right, that's how it was. Yeah, now you've got a a wonderful range of poems in Our Ways on Earth um, and a lot of them are portraits of of people. Now, I really liked uh, the poem Collage Portrait of Joseph Cornell um, who was Joseph Cornell? He was quite a um, confirmed bachelor type of creative artist. He made these boxes and he went a lot to uh, junk stores in in New York and bought lots of... Um, Sometimes he bought second-hand spools of film that he found and would make a collage film of his own by cutting up and reassembling uh, the physical film. And then he was quite interested in juxtaposition. So in a collage box, he might have a plasticine model of a unicorn in one corner of the box and then a Spanish coin in the other end and then he might have um, as sort of wallpaper in the rear of the box he might have a certain galaxy that he a photo image of a galaxy um, glued onto the back of the box and uh, there were elements of uh, surrealism and fairy tales, um, he was quite fascinated with the ballet and ballerinas and he was more an observer than a participant in life. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'd love to, I'd have to look him up, you know, because I I yeah. I'm not familiar with the work but it sounds incredible. Yeah. 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 And would you like to read the poem? Okay. It's called collage portrait of Joseph Cornell inspired by his jottings on napkins and envelopes. Hunched over my workbench, my altar of trial and error, I assemble box after box in which I may choreograph the placement of a marble, a skate key, an engraving of a finch, a photo of Debussy. 
seek via enclosure to disclose affinities between a swan's neck and the question mark, a gramophone needle and an anteater's snout, a compass, a jade thimble, a steamship ticket, drawers full of glass eyes and whale's teeth, suggest voyages, adventures, destinies, fortify me in mother-shadowed rooms. I escape to the ballet, watch the dancers, fluent limbed within the spotlight's circle. After the performance, on the train ride home, I recall their costumes, leaps and pirouettes, their bodies' obedience, plan the allegorical homage I'll stage within the image constellation of a box. Each box is an invitation to enter a room, a desert, a bell tower, share an apple with a prince, drink water from the same stream as a unicorn. Finally, when I agree to a gallery exhibiting my work, my reward isn't the critic's praise, but to see a child let go of their parent's hand to pause at each box, come away beguiled with a volley of questions. Once upon a time the great seas were uncharted. Once upon a time my father was alive. Together we watched the circus strongman, bare-chested, break free of every binding chain. I applauded until my hands were raw. Sundays, I sit in Bickford's, the pleated glass of a sugar dispenser, the amber hair clasp worn by a waitress, the tines of my cake fork, become moments which I'll respool, which I will revere again in the bachelor dark. I live, but at a distance from participation, a reader of history and furtive glances. Out on the periphery, I sift through junk stores what others have discarded. I'll die in my protective shell, perhaps a last unfinished collage there on the workbench, a puzzle of illusions for one of my assistants to study, then boldly complete. It's a wonderful um, envisioning of of the life, and I love the way that you give artists, uh, you embody their voices, and you become the artist, speak writing in the first person. I think that's a, a marvellous um, design of the work. Yes, I try and get in the mindset of the uh, person portrayed in the poem, what their concerns and obsessions are. And in that poem, um, I mentioned that everything is sort of shadowed by his mother. He continued to live with his mother past um, 
the age that we normally live with our parents. And then um, I do mention how he was a sort of, um, to a large degree, a voluntary bachelor. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's an interesting art form, you know, this collage and assembly and mm. uh, boxes, and it, it's it's so unconventional. When when, when did he live? Uh, he lived in the age of the silent film going into the talkies. Yes, yep. no, another time. Mm. Yep. So I'm talking to Peter Bukowski about his new book, Our Ways on Earth. And um, you've got such a range of poetry in here. There's long poems and short poems and autobiographical poems. But um, I really liked the poem, What a Poem Is, and I'm wondering if you'd like to read that. Okay. Um, This poem is influenced by the New Zealand poet uh, Jenny Bornholt. And um, a lot of her poems, she they're sort of in the present and you'll find her um, dealing with something domestic and juxtaposing that with the literary life. So this poem was inspired by thinking about those things. What a poem is. A poem is more jazz than recipe more breast milk than formula. A poem is daily life or an inky break from daily life. A poem is the glad yellow of lemons. A poem is an old sock made into a hand puppet. A poem is medicine which tastes better than you'd imagined. Sometimes it's a big breaking wave, effervescent over your driftwood bones. Sometimes it's a big blundering wave that flattens your sandcastle. So you start on another one. It's very witty, you know, and uh, apposite. I love um, a poem is... uh more breast milk than formula, you know. <laughs> Something that comes out of it, out of nature rather than, you know, coming out of chemistry. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I think we need to return to those natural things and those sort of warm rather than clinical things. Yeah, yeah, and... and, and an old sock made into a hand puppet. I think that's marvellous. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I I always try and remember that language and poetry and words, they're all playful. I mean, sometimes you go to a poetry reading and it is a bit all too serious and um, sort of gut-spilling, which is fair enough, but... I never forget the playfulness and, you know, I have fun writing certain poems. Yeah. Mm. So let's go to Poem to a Spider. Okay. So I've always wanted to write a poem about a spider. I just put them 
on my list of things to write about and one that has to sort of enter the subject matter and try and have the spider in the sort of camera of the poem. So poem to a spider. Bulbous weaver, your legs are compass points which guide you to the wreckage of a fly. Delectable wings and fuselage splayed across your web. Your numerous eyes watch the stockinged housekeeper with her raised slipper. One accurate slap may reduce you to a smear. You have no armour, only the sanctuary of a crack in this house where at all times the tenant calls out her husband's name. It's uh, very vivid. Thank you. Um, and the idea is to give the, the idea of maybe it's a, a woman alone having to face the spider and I don't actually articulate whether the husband's out on an errand or whether maybe he's been long dead. Mm, yeah. And now, actually, I, I was you were mentioning that while you were staying in Gippsland mm. uh, that you were reading a lot of um, travel books. Mm. Um, specifically about the Himalayas and Tibet. Yes. And... A part travel book and memoir of um, pilgrimages and exploration and in some instances uh, plant collecting or just um, trying to understand the culture of that part of the world. Yeah. So um, would you like to read O Human Traveller? Okay. O human traveller, watch out for leeches, bandits, malaria, altitude sickness, mutiny amongst the porters, frostbite, avalanches. Learn the language, the customs, when to leave by foot, by horseback, by back roads at night. Endure the blizzards, the dust storms, the perilous mountain ascent, descent, the navigation of rapids. Be astounded by the vistas, palaces, fortresses, shamans, oracles, the stubbornness of mules and bureaucrats. May you shed unwanted possessions, burdens, coldness. Learn from rituals and ways of being you've witnessed have begun to practice. Yes, it, it's, it's a special experience, the uh, experience of those travellers, you know, in the 19th century and uh, 20th century before the internet, uh, before roads in most of those places. And yet they, they are changed, you know, learn from rituals and ways of being you've witnessed and have begun to practice. Mm. There's a, 
is a transformation element there in that travelling. Yeah, that's um, the true traveller changed uh, by the experience or humbled by the experience and maybe their preconceptions uh, ir- changed and illuminated and that idea of the broadened mind. Yeah, or the broadened person perhaps yeah. even, you know. Mm. I, I, I mean, for me, my formative part of my life was spent in India in my 20s and then later on doing yeah. PhD in, in um, the Himalayas. Lovely. Mm. Um, I'm jealous. <laughs> so I read on the back of the book that this is your 40th year of writing poetry. That's a great effort. Yeah, I've tried to persist. That's been my whole policy, to uh, keep on writing poems. It's become a core part of of who I am. And I'm still a student of language uh, till the day I die. Yeah. Now, where can people buy your new book, Our Ways on Earth? It's available um, at the Hill of Content, upstairs in their poetry section. All the staff know me there. And then also on the other side of Pellegrini's at the paperback. And then you can buy it from Chris Hemmonsley, who formerly of Collected Works, who now uh, operates out of his house. He's got a little treehouse shop, I understand. Yes, it's two stories of books in his house. It's incredible. And you have to climb a ladder or something. You climb these stairs, but there's a banister and it's well worth the ascent. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Aha. And uh, Chris Hemmonsley's treehouse can be contacted at Chris, K-R-I-S dot Hemmonsley, H-E-M-E-N-S-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. So let's go to a last poem. What would you like to read as a last poem? I'll read this uh, philosophical one called Consider Your Purpose. Perhaps your purpose is to temper an ego, restore balance and reason, illuminate a new path. Let our belief in process and rigour send us into library, laboratory and conference. Let history and our conscience remind us to be vigilant and honourable in the use of our learning and influence as we seek to make the world attentive to its glories and challenges. That's a, a wonderful um, statement of purpose, you know, to illuminate a new path, to make the world attentive to its glories and challenges. That's a, that's a, a wonderful aspiration. Yeah, I think, um, again, staying at, at the retreat made me think about what's important in life and um, I think the idea of of service and giving, whether we give via poetry or music or conversation or just being a good listener or a good friend. I think they're all 
very crucial things that we've relearned in the last, you know, two and a half years. Yes, yes. In the absence of the busyness that we used to consume us, we've had to mm. be more aware of ourselves and our impact in the world and yeah. others on others and so on. Yeah, well, thank you very much for coming in, Peter. Thank you, Di. Yeah, well, it's been lovely to talk to you. This has been um, uh, the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins, and I've been talking to Peter Bukowski about our ways on earth. So thank you for coming in. My pleasure. My pleasure. 